Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams, and my co-host, Rachel, will be back with me next week, you guys. But today, our friend Sissy Goff is joining us for week three of Everything New. You all, Sissy is such a treasure. She is the director of Daystar Counseling Ministries here in Nashville. She's also a speaker, a writer. She is the co-host of the Raising Boys and Girls podcast with our friend Dave Thomas, which is just so full of practical wisdom for all of us who have children in our lives in any shape or form. And I'm just so thankful for Sissy and the way that she so generously shares her insight and her experience and her wisdom with all of us. And she's just a beautiful guest for this specific week of the Everything New series. Now, I have to tell you something. Before we get to Sissy, you all know I've been reminding you every week that you need to order your Lent resources, right? Well, today I have a one-day only code for you to use. That's right. If you are listening today on January 15th, 2024, I have a code for you to get 30%, you guys, 30% off the Lent 2024 Experience Bundle. This is a podcast perk only. This is just for our podcast friends. Use the code LENTPOD30. That's L-E-N-T-P-O-D-3-0 to get 30% off your Lent Experience Bundle over at shopshereadstruth.com. Okay, after you do that, come back here And let's talk about week three of Everything New with our friend, Sissy. Let's get right to it. Sissy, welcome back to the Shearer's Truth Podcast. I'm so honored to be back with you. I am such a lucky duck because Kelly mentored last week and you this week. And I miss when Rachel is not here and we don't get to host together. There is sadness. And also I was like, but I didn't have to miss Sissy. I get to have Sissy and Kelly. It's been great. So I'm so glad that you're here. Last time you were with us, we talked about our Do Not Fear plan. Can I talk about that for a second? Yes, talk about it. Because so obviously I'm a therapist, I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm not a theologian, have not been to seminary, any of those things. And so, and I don't think I knew you well enough to really say this last time, but I was a nervous <laughs> wreck. <gasps> what? I was so intimidated. When was coming. that? Oh yeah, it's been over a year. It's been like a year and a half yes, ago. I was so nervous. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And when I came, I was writing the worry-free parent. Oh, which is like, yeah, you're rocking my world. You're very kind. And well, I'm thankful. As I was coming, I was researching part of that book, and one of the words that kept coming up for me was context. That yes. anxiety is always looking for context. Oh, yes. And I sat down with you all. Uh huh. And the first thing you said. Oh no. Was every time Scripture tells us not to fear, God gives us context. I said that. You did. For why not to? Fear. And I thought, God's with me. He's right here. I don't have to be nervous anymore. And I literally, I was talking about you. I was in Lutz, Florida. Never been there. I've never heard of that. I love that. Well, David and I were speaking there last weekend. But every time we're speaking on the new book, 
part of the ending of our parenting conference is talking about you and talking about that idea of context. Well, what's so funny, context for this conversation, (laughs) is that you told me, you were like, have you gotten to the part that y'all are in? And I'm like, we're in the book? No. And I still have not because right when I started reading the book, I also started seminary. And my elective reading fell by the wayside (laughs) really quickly. I bet it did. Um, This will air when I will have finished the first semester. So future Amanda, way to go. You're doing great. But right now I'm Present Amanda. God is Mm -hmm. doing new things right now. That's right. He is. And I'm still very much in it. Yeah, I am excited to—I'm figuring it out is the point. Mm. And I am very hopeful— that I will be able to make room <laughs> for other things. Also, I just really need it, Sissy. Mm-hmm. Like right now, your podcast and your Instagram are my kind of nuggets, my appetizers to the book That's because I haven't time. gotten to, and I have the book and I have the workbook and I have plans. I'm going to do them side by side. I'm going to try to bring David along with me. Oh, good. I feel like we just. There's just a lot of anxiety in parenting. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> More <laughs> anyway. than there's ever been. Right. I yeah. would certainly Because say. there's so much anxiety in our kids, too. Right. And so anyway, I am hopeful to be in it. And I hope well, that by the time this airs, I will be able to say. But anyway, the point being, you told me it was in there, but I never got to read it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't actually know what it was. Well, it's so sweet. And it's so fun because every time I start the story, I say, how many of you all read the She Reads Truth studies? Oh, fun. And so many people in the room raise their hand, oh. and I always say, aren't they the best? I oh. love them so much. So You're it's so, so fun. I just get to have this little interaction about you almost every week these days. Oh, you're so kind. Wow. I'm so thankful for the way that you and your team, I mean, you and David and Daystar, all of you, Melissa and your books, all the resources, you all do such a good job of marrying, which for you, it probably just feels natural, like how could you separate the two? But for me, it it's, can feel really revolutionary, and I'm sure for a lot of other people, but marrying our faith mm. with our mental health and wellness and understanding our brains and how they work and understanding like how we move through the world and how challenging it can be and then how we cope with those challenges. And I just, you know, those can be things that we separate. Even in the church, we really can separate that world from our spiritual selves. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the way that God made us. We're all here one jumble, right? Like we, I I am still me Mm -hmm. in both of those (laughs) scenarios. And so you all do that just so beautifully. I've watched it, you know, with you and in the work that you do. And I've watched it in real time sitting in a room with my own children, Mm -hmm. watching, you know, the counselors from the little, little yellow house, helping them learn like actual scientific things Mm -hmm. about their brains while also hearing them say, like, isn't that cool that that's how God made you? Mm. That God made you this way and that this is a tool that you have? And it's amazing. It's changing me and my kiddos and our home. Mm. And so I'm really, 
I'm really thankful. Mm, you're this really not, kind. This is not a paid advertisement. I just <laughs> sincerely, sincerely am so grateful. Well, I love that you're here with us for this study. Me too. Because, first of all, I just love any excuse to see you. Um, we get to call it official business, then we it's like on the calendar. That's right. right. I love That's it. Right. But what we've been doing, Sissy, is looking at this promise in Scripture that God is making all things new. Mm. Not just like that's a thing that will be true in the future, which it is, Mm -hmm. but that that's already begun Mm. in Jesus, you know, and that's some of what we'll read this week. And so we're looking at Scripture to see, first of all, what does that mean? What's kind of the biblical context for that? There you go. Right? Right. So in Genesis and in Revelation, like God created and it was good. And then there was brokenness, right? Yes. But, you know, in Revelation, which we read a lot of in this study, it will be good and whole once again. Mm. And so right now, though, we're in the the messy middle, we've been calling it. Yes. And so we want to take that promise. We want to understand it, first of all. Mm-hmm. What does Scripture say? What does this mean? But then we also want to see what Scripture has to say about how this interacts with our present, our right now. Mm. It's just so related to the work that you do, Mm. you know, because there's so much already and not yet in the work that happens in that house. Yes. I mean, I I think I feel like I live in the midst of so much of what you're Mm -hmm. talking about, of Mm -hmm. so many conversations sitting with kids and parents and watching healing happen and watching (sighs) God step in and intervene in really beautiful Mm -hmm. ways and watching Him not yet. Yeah. And not knowing when that's coming, you know. I mean, yeah. that it's both places, and yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it's such a mystery. It is, and yeah. trusting. Part of what I'm learning in this is to trust that when I don't see him intervening, that he is still working, mm. and that he is still present. Yes, and that he is not forgotten, or he is not oblivious to mm. all of the difficult things that are part of our world. Mm. It's part of the beauty of Scripture, right, is there's a lot of hard stuff in Scripture. One of the comforts of that is that we get to see that God doesn't pretend like that doesn't exist, Mm. (laughs) right? But, I mean, fear, for example, all through Scripture. Right. So many people are afraid. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so many situations that are difficult. And so this week that you are here for, that we're reading together, this will air on a Monday as always. And today is day 15 of our reading plan. So we're almost right in the middle of it. Not quite. When we get to the end of this week, we'll be right in the middle of our six-week plan. But we're talking about some of this already and not yet. So on Monday, you guys are going to read about exile and invitation Mm -hmm. that, you know, the consequence of sin was that we had to leave the garden, right? We can't be in the presence of God mm. without, I mean, He makes a way, but we were blocked from God, blocked from life mm. in its full, right? Mm. But God has also invited us to Himself, to life. So, and the how, well, how, how do we get from one to the other? Well, that's where Jesus comes in. Yes. So we're going to talk about that this week, and there's some beautiful, beautiful scripture that you all are going to read. No, I love that verse in Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Let's read Mm -hmm. it. Which one? The one just on page 85. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to read it for us? Sure. The whole thing. As You know, however you feel led, Sissy. (laughs) Do you want to do even three through five, honestly? Yes. Yeah. 
So this is Isaiah 40, starting in verse 3. Can I do that and then just jump to the end? I love the end, too. See, do look, it. that's a little my personality. We're going to skip some of the harder part. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's okay. still there. It's, it's in the still book. there. It's I know. The it's there. Okay. A voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear, and all humanity together will see it. Mm. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Man, that makes me excited. It does. And mm. that's tender. You know, yes. there's a lot going on in the world. And yes. to think the glory of the Lord will appear, mm. first of all, <laughs> and all humanity together mm. will see it. We'll see it. Oh, I want to be there for that. I know, me too. Yeah. Makes me think, so, you know, we have this little summer retreat program called Hope Town. Yes. And one of the things we did with the littlest ones, so second through fourth graders one year, is they did like a life map. And what are the mountains and the harder places they've been through and the valleys they've been through? And just even thinking about that. That verse in that context, oh. every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth. I mean, what a sweet. It even feels different to think about it for the kids we love. It does. The beauty of the redemption for them. Sometimes I have an easier time, and by sometimes I mean, I don't know if I can say all the time, but most of the time for sure. I have an easier time believing things for other people than for myself, Me like God's too. promises or His forgiveness, His love, you know. And I think some of it is like how we're wired, mm-hmm. you know, just personality traits and things. And some of it is just our our stories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Like when I think of the flip side of that for me also, or just another side of that for me, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the flip side or not, sometimes I do a better job of wanting those things for mm-hmm. my kids than I do for me. Yes. Like I literally made myself breakfast the other day. It felt kind of radical because no one else was home. And I like cracked eggs and scrambled them and made toast. Like where normally if I'm home alone and I've got other stuff to do, I'm going to grab like a protein bar. Mm-hmm. But I just needed to be loved on, mm. and no one else was there, so I did it for me. Mm. I'm so <laughs> and glad. It, I was honestly, I thought, this, it's so simple. It is just like the simplest thing, but it felt, I don't know, I was proud of myself. I'm proud of you, you know? too. Yes. Because I was believing that I was worth scrambling the eggs for. Mm. Like, I, I could do that for me, too. Mm. I had done it for my children that morning, mm. but not for me yeah. or for my husband. He was already mm. gone, in my defense. But um, <laughs> he was already gone for the day. But anyway, that to say, you're absolutely right that when we think of things, I think, like, maybe that's even a way that when a verse seems too familiar or too, I don't know, if we're getting too sleepy yes. in Scripture, which yes. can happen, to put a face to it in somebody mm. else, you know. That you love mm-hmm. and would want that for. Yeah. Yeah, and how about there at the end in 11? Mm. Is that the one you were so looking at? sweet. Yes. Well, all, I mean, something about see the Lord God comes with strength. I mean, yes. that feels so comforting to me. Come on. Yes. Come on, Lord. Yes. Amen. And Amen. His power establishes His rule. Ooh. His wages are with Him, and His reward accompanies Him. Mm. And then this. So there's like this really strong image, mm. and then He protects His flock like a shepherd. Yes. 
which I think of as like a tender image. Me but too. also, I mean, shepherds have to like beat away attackers. That's true. And I can't imagine that sheep are very light. They're carrying sheep around too. That's true. They're probably pretty buff. Yeah. yeah. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. Mm. Those images I can see like four of them right now. I know, ones I've me seen too. in my childhood. And carries them in the fold of his garment. That's so intimate and tender. Mm. He gently leads those that are nursing. I mm. mean, he does it all. He does it all. Right? Yes. Yes. And we need all of that. We need all the of it. most, you know, the strongest of us and the weakest of us and mm. the, you know, the adults mm. and the kiddos. Like we all. We all need all aspects of who God is. Curious in those ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really, really is. I'm glad you made us stop and read that. Mm. The other kind of already and not yet, and this is the last reading day of the first section of the reading plan. So there's a lot of layers to this reading plan, you guys. There's a lot going on. I still say if you don't have a book, I don't care that we're halfway through. I still think you should get one. Amen. (laughs) Even if it's the digital one, because... There's just a lot here, and I think that it's going to be something you can return to over time. But it would even be cool to go back to. Oh. Because as I'm reading these questions, I mean, what are some of the good things in the new creation that you already see? Mm-hmm. That would be so cool to answer once a month. Yeah. To be reminded of the faithfulness. Because it's going to be different. Yes. And what broken things are described as being undone or restored. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate Y'all are amazing. Well, listen. I just am so grateful for how you lead us with such depth to Scripture. Well, Sissy, the first week of this study, our podcast guest was Jessica Lamb. She was with Series Truth for six years and and just did all the content things in those years. But she her final role here was Chief Content Officer, which was originally my role. So she was on week one. And for this reading plan specifically to get to hear from her Mm. the labor pains of this reading plan (laughs) and how they really had, and I'm not just talking about editorial, I mean, creative, all of them, like it was a huge team effort and Mm. they did an amazing job. And so I will agree with you and say Mm. they are amazing. The last day before we click over to section two of the reading plan is discord and harmony. Mm. And the passages are more about like how there's discord and then harmony among the people of God. How like, you know, you've got Tower of Babel in there where they're like, hey, let's build a tower and reach God. And he's like, I see what you're doing. This is only going to get worse. I'm going to confuse your languages. Mm. That's my paraphrase. That's not exactly what he said. <laughs> um, and then, of course, another, you know, revelation, some revelation passages of, you know, all nations will come and worship before you. All nations will walk by your light. Like the vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language. So God's going to take that scattering and then make it a cohesive, unified thing of beauty at the Mm. end, all worshiping Him. But what it made me think of, because I knew I'd be talking to you, Sissy, was even the like the effects that that discord has on us as individuals, Mm -hmm. as communities and families, as people groups and nations, and that unity is what is ahead for us. Like unity is God's design, not strife. Mm -hmm. And that like 
that is where we're going. And also, that's what's already brewing, yes. that unity, right? Yes, yes. Which I feel like there's so many levels. There's people group level, and then you go all the way down to inside me. You know, like you know, the strife that like exists in us, yes. the warring and within ourselves, yes. which I think, you know, often feels in our body like anxiety mm. or like stress. Mm. Or I've been trying to think about what the difference between those two things is. Stress and anxiety. Yeah. Can you tell me? Are they the same? <laughs> you know, I wish we used the word stress more anymore. Stress it's to okay me feels more external. Okay. It feels more... Oh, like something that's happening to me. Yes. Like and then I pu- internalize the stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it starts externally. Okay. Like, I have two podcasts to record today. I feel stressed. Yes. Okay, I get that. Whereas anxiety, I think, can just live inside of us. Yeah. Because of our genetics. Sometimes because of the... I wish that weren't p- true. I know. it is. It is. Or the place in life where we are. Also true. Our hormones, (laughs) certainly. Also true. Yes, can be creating that. And then back to our context conversation, what I read was for a lot of us, anxiety is almost like the scanner looking for something to attach to for a context. Yes. And then that becomes the thing we have anxiety around. So the scanner is a great way to put it. The first person, (laughs) bless him, doctor who told me, and this was over 10 years, probably 12 years ago, that I had anxiety, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, he described it. First of all, that was news to me. I did not know that that's what I was feeling. Mm. But he described it as an internal security guard who, like, makes the laps. Yes. And then, like, you're supposed to make the laps and then sit down. Yes. But he was like, your guy doesn't sit down. <laughs> he just <laughs> keeps going. He just keeps going. Yes. And I was like, oh, that makes sense to me. And the scanner makes sense, too. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going f- to find something. I'm going to find something I'm gonna find to worry something. about. Right. Yes. Because my body's already in this place, so there's got to be a reason. So I'm going to find one. Hey, friends, taking a quick break from this conversation with Sissy to give you another code. I know we have so many codes, and I'm just so thrilled to continue to give you discount codes to use in our online bookstore. But listen, really what I want to do is remind you of all of the beautiful reading plans we have coming up for the She Reads the Truth community. For Lent this year, you've probably already heard we're doing two reading plans. First, People of Remembrance, followed by the Gospel of Matthew. And then after Lent, we will walk through the Presence of God reading plan together. It is so beautiful. You are going to love it. Now, the best way to make sure that you get these books and then every other book each month as we walk through 2024 being women in the Word of God every day together is to subscribe to our daily reading guides. You have to just make the decision one time and then we will send you a new reading guide every month and you can read along with the community. And I have a code for $5 off your first month. It's subscribe NY for New Year's, the number five. So that's subscribe NY5 to get $5 off your first month over at shopshereadstruth.com slash subscribe. We just could not be any more honored to get to be women in the Word of God every day alongside you. All right, let's get back to this episode with our friend Sissy. We're going to keep going because what I really want to talk to you about, Sissy, is actually, I think, too, 
we're also looking for hope, right? Mm, yes. And our hope needs something to latch on to. Yes. <laughs> like we need a source yes. of our hope. And so one of the things that has been meaningful to me in this study, you were mentioning like it would be cool to go look back, you know, later at what we've learned or what we pointed out. I've already looked back at week one and thought, okay, yeah, like I'm seeing the Lord apply the truth of His Word to these areas Mm. in my own life. And so there is in the book, y'all, and we're going to just talk about it because the concept is so powerful, between sections one and two, there is a response element where we go back to that inventory we did at the beginning which if you don't have that, I'll tell you what it is. We were just identifying areas of longing in our life where we long for things to be made new, Mm. where we long for restoration. And so what we're doing here after this already and not yet section and before we walk into kind of what it means for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth, on earth as it is in heaven, we are saying, okay, go back to those longings that you named. Let's pick one And let's talk about how it's working itself. Like, what does it look like? And so the one I chose was grief, because I feel like there's a lot, there are multiple levels of grief in my life right now. There's grief over a lost loved one, but there's also grief for like the way that I want life to look versus the way that it looks Mm. for myself, for the people that I love. Mm. So there's layers to this, right? And then sissy. The team that I just, the aforementioned team, Mm -hmm. they have us list, how is this longing affecting your relationships? Mm. How is this longing affecting your inner life, your emotions, your thoughts, your beliefs? How is it affecting the work that you're doing? Not just paid work, but unpaid work, the things that you're doing in life. How is it affecting your physical body? And I mean, even just writing those out was so powerful so why? Why is there so much power in naming that? Naming that longing, naming the way it is affecting all of the things. Mm. Even before we get to the next page, which on the next page, it says to, you know, we're matching up kind of these promises from Scripture yes. of what God's doing, what God will do, what He has done with what we're longing for. Mm. And I just, it leveled me. Mm. And... I thought, sissy knows why. <laughs> because this is not, this is spiritual work and this is mental and physical and emotional work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Talk us through it a little bit. Well, I think we can't extricate them from no, each other. And, we can't. and I think there are probably a lot of reasons why mm-hmm. we stay away from this and stay away from this kind of digging deeper inside I mean, of ourselves. It's pretty deep. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful that you're inviting us to that because because I think part of it is control. Yeah. That we want to live in a place of control and vulnerability always requires us to give it up. Yep. And yeah. to really meet the Lord with our honesty, we've got to give it up. Yeah. I really believe we're just too busy. You know, I think from a super practical standpoint, I don't think we take the time. It is kind of like a Pandora's box of sorts where like even just answering these questions on these two pages, like I couldn't just turn the page and keep going. Mm. Yes. You know? Yes. I had to stop and like look at it and look at the reality of it. And there's something even validating, honestly, even though I wrote the words on the page, 
Meaning, like when I filled in, I don't mean the study book words. I mean, when I wrote down how grief is affecting my relationships, how grief is affecting my inner life. Like, even though I'm the one who answered those questions, it feels validating for me to see that written down. Mm, Yes. Because I'm like, oh, that's a thing that's really happening. Yes. And it's important enough to stop and look at. Yes. To talk about, to write about. And I think that's... I think part of what happens is we're so dismissive of ourselves and what we need and what we feel. So much, yeah. And I think that's contributing to anxiety being so rampant. It has to, right? Yes, because we're living with this vague sense of discomfort, disillusionment, you know, all these things about our lives, grief, all the things. And when we're not talking about it, we're kind of skimming along the surface in a way that I believe our faith skims along the surface. And mm. and so it's not even having an opportunity to transform us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got this book from our high school graduation from a woman. I'm really curious about the fact that she would give me this book. <laughs> but it's called The Prophet, and it's, huh. I mean, I think it may be super wonky spiritually. I have no idea. I've never read it. Well, but now I'm it, very curious. Yes, it's really old, like maybe yeah. over 100 years old. I don't know why you would give... It's like a book of ancient poetry that she gave to an 18-year-old who was graduating from high school. But I read (laughs) something in there that said, the deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Yeah. I think I've heard a version of that, but I can't think of what the version is. But the reason I'm pausing is I'm like, is that true? Mm. I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I want it to be true. Right. Right. Well, I because like that it it's feels... not the more joy you will experience. Oh. It's the more joy you can contain. Okay. Yeah, because of you've lived some life. Yes. Because I think sometimes we just aren't even, like we don't have the capacity to experience certain things because we haven't experienced like certain emotions. Like sometimes I feel like if you don't experience sorrow, then it does feel right. It does feel like, well, joy doesn't have context. Yes. You're missing the context yes. to make it the fullness of what it should be yes. or could be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it feels like there's so many things like that spiritually. I mean, obviously, we, yes. our gratitude for grace is so much greater when we understand Sin. the degree that we're sinners. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking with this. I'm so grateful that you have us looking at how does it impact our relationships? Yeah. How does it impact our inner life? How does it impact our work? How does it impact our physical body? Which from an emotional standpoint, it is so important to understand what's going on in our body because I think that leads us more to what's going on in our hearts. But I certainly believe as a therapist, the deeper we do this work emotionally, relationally, the more freedom we can experience as we find who we are in Christ. Yes. And they go together. Yes, And exactly. they can, because again, you know, I mentioned to you that one of your counselors who's seeing one of my children mm. was saying like, isn't that cool that that's how God made you? Yes. And that, but this is how God made us. Right. Like God gave us emotions. Mm-hmm. So they're not just something to like dismiss or overcome, mm. like they're gifts and we just have to know how to recognize them and use them and, you know. Mm-hmm. what to do with them. Yes. <laughs> so the second part of this exercise, so I did that. I said like how it's affecting all mm-hmm. the things. And then the second part of the exercise says to, it gives some statements, like God will statements of things in the act of making all things new, that act that is already underway, 
here are the things that God will do. And so some examples are God will swallow up death. God will wipe away all our tears. God will remove our disgrace. God will make a way. Mm. God will cause us to flourish. God will bring us to a place of joy and delight. God will make our work and efforts fruitful. God will remove conflict from creation. I actually just read all the ones that are there, but there's also room because those are not the only God wills. No. There's more, and Mm. you can fill in the blanks. But taking these true statements from Scripture and identifying which of these statements seem to apply to what, like how to connect the two, right? And apply these true statements to what I've identified is happening in my life, in my body, in my relationships, and the longings that I have. Mm. And that, even that right there, the applying truth to the longing, yes, even that is, like, there's a science behind that, mm. right? Yes. Like, of taking, like, okay, here are the things I'm longing for, here are the things I'm grieving or anxious about or you know, whatever, afraid of, and not dismissing them, but saying, also, here are things that are true about God, Mm. and applying. Mm -hmm. There's something, I think, that happens there when we do that. Mm. Yes. It transforms us. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and even if, like the worry monster, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're talking to kids and they have their worry monster, and the worry monsters, what the worry monster is telling them usually is a lie. Yes. Right? Oh, absolutely. It's and a so lie. And so you take yes. every thought captive. Yeah. yeah. And you'll take the true things mm-hmm. and say to the worry monster, no way, man. This yes. is what's true. Yeah. That's how you say it. No way, yeah, man. No way, man. This is, this is what's true. I know. I've been thinking so much in the book. I talk about breath prayers. Yes. And I love that. That's something that I was kind of, that was a world or a thing that I was unaware of until maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe until when we did our faith and practice study, we talked about mm-hmm. prayer and breath prayers. And I yes. was like, oh, this is something that I've actually done, but I didn't know what to call it. Yes. Yeah. So Isn't tell us what, what, tell us what that is. Well, part of what I love about what you're talking about and even thinking about the now and the not yet, and that God is making all things new. And I love that it's not God will make all things new. It's God is making all things new. That's right. I think about, you know, so much of what we talk about in our work with anxiety, in our work of therapy, and as you're saying, where our science meets our faith, is Mm -hmm. that we talk so much about the work of neuroplasticity. Yes. Which to me is exactly what we're talking about. God is in this moment— for you and I having a conversation, yes, God's making all things new in our brains. Praise the Lord. He's growing connections. Yes, creating new neural pathways, which is just fascinating to me. And like, what a gift. Oh, How? what a gift. And then it doesn't stop. With our youngest, there are some physical challenges that he has that we kind of know, like, Generally speaking, physically speaking, there are times like your lungs kind of stop growing new tissue around a certain age, like things like that. Right. And so the fact that our brains can keep doing that, can they keep doing that all the like forever? Yes. As long as we're alive? Yes. Isn't that beautiful? That's incredible. I know. I know. That's incredible. I think that's true. I might need a medical journal to, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just whip out your for medical journal here. Yes, for the rest of our lives. Yes. And that it goes back to both things, that we 
we want to understand the longings and the harder pieces of it. And at the same time, if that's the only place we lived, right. the neural pathways we're growing in our brain are more of ruminating. You know, if we were just stuck there and we didn't move to the promise. Yeah. You know, but as we move towards the promise, we're growing new neural pathways that that confirmation bias idea of we find what we're looking for. Yes. You know, and so as we talk about promises, then that becomes the neural pathways that we see more of evidences of God's faithfulness. So when I say, because this is a thing I say sometimes, that even the study, I think I said it already at some point in the last two weeks, that understanding from a biblical perspective, God's promise of making all things new gives me, and that that's something that's already happening, that He's Mm -hmm. already doing, gives me as a follower of Jesus and someone within whom the Holy Spirit lives, Mm -hmm. it gives me a new lens through which to look at like the life that I'm living right now, Mm. like that's happening, all the little things, the big things, all the things, right? And so that is connected to what you're saying scientifically. Like I'm saying it in just like, here's a concept that helps me understand what's happening. But you're kind of saying, if you pull back the curtain, there's a thing in your brain that's happening to allow you to do that. And also it's true, right, correct me if I'm wrong, that the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yes, yes, which is what I was going to say. I feel like we mentioned breath prayers and we didn't explain them oh, yeah. for people Tell who probably want to hear. So well, I'm going to back it up for a second okay, and good. say, when we're anxious, what happens? You know all this, but the amygdala of our brain takes over. No, I need the reminders all the time. Okay, yeah. so the blood vessels in our brain constrict, yes. shifts the blood flow away from our prefrontal cortex that helps us think rationally and manage our emotions, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is why we feel like a crazy person when we get anxious or the kids we love act like crazy people when they're anxious. That's yes. what parents say to me all the time. Because our rational brains aren't even working. They're not even online in those moments. I love the offline, online. That helps me. It helps me, to too. To be like, it's just offline. It's yes. not It's not gone. It's still there, but we got to get it back online. Back online. Yeah. And what happens with the amygdala is the more often it's activated, the more likely it is to activate. Oh, yay. Because of exactly <laughs> what we're talking about, neural pathways. Right. So uh-huh. it actually enlarges okay. and develops what's considered a wow. hair trigger response. Okay. So we want to create neural pathways that lead away from the amygdala rather than just towards it. And so when we can do some deep breathing, Mm -hmm. when we slow our bodies down, which I love even the references to breath in Scripture. I mean, it's easy as believers to think it's hokey pokey, but it's not. I mean, in the Psalms, just all over, they're all over the Psalms. All over the Psalms. Yeah. Yes. So when we can regulate our breathing— The blood vessels in our brain dilate, and it shifts the blood flow right back to the prefrontal cortex. It does all these beautiful things that stimulates our vagus nerve, that regulates the cortisol. There are so many things it does, but just that dilates the blood vessels in our brain and gets the blood flow back is reminder enough of how important and why we want to do some type of breathing. And I love the breath prayers because we're not only regulating our bodies, we're kind of tending to the science but we're also tending to our faith in a way that changes us. Right. And so you would pick, you may have a favorite one. Do you have a favorite breath prayer? I don't. Okay. I would love to adopt whatever your favorite breath prayer is. Well, I I mean, I think I kind of flip around. I love any scripture. I mean, it's true. Like just any. And so the practice is that you're just saying it to yourself while you're breathing intentionally. like And not just like, 
the breathing that we do all day when we're not thinking about it, you're actually like slowly and purposely. And then is there something to like kind of also like pausing at the top and the bottom of the breath, right? exactly. And so if we were to take, let's take this, let's take from Wednesday, let's take your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay. I use... Ooh, that's a great one. Yeah. I use the Lord's Prayer a lot. Mm. I just use the Lord's Prayer a lot (laughs) Mm. because a lot of times I struggle to have the right words. I'm Mm. a person who has a lot of words a lot of times. But in prayer, I find... we're also grateful for that. Yeah. I find that I can't find the words. Well, and this is such a great one because it's a little bit of, back to what we were talking about at the beginning, of releasing control, too. Yeah. Your will be done. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just saying it. So you breathe and breathing in. it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Your will be done and then breathing out on earth as is in heaven. Yeah. Slowly. Yep. Yeah. And There's, then you could keep doing it through the whole prayer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, 20 you seconds can. of deep breathing begins the process of resetting the amygdala. That is incredible. It's incredible. How incredibly efficient. <laughs> that, well, and how kind I mean, of God. Wow. Yes. Yeah, to give us this practical, easy way to reset ourselves oh, and man. reset ourselves. I need to get better at resetting. I need to do it. But more again, up, like, Amanda, the more thing often. that y'all are doing for all of us, I mean, the fact that there's a question about our bodies. Yeah. That's how we know when we need to breathe. Yeah. And so you're taking us back to... Truth that transforms yeah. us. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of our mutual friend, Ellie Holcomb, and one of her songs, there's a line that says, I breathe in, I love you. I breathe out, I love you. Yes. I breathe in. So like even in her song, there's some breath prayer yes, happening, right? And then course. she physically does it in the song. You hear her go, like yes. exhale. It's so Sweet good. Ellie. It's so good. Okay. So I know this is kind of different territory than where we've been and where we normally are, but it's so necessary to connect like our lived embodied experience. Like we're mm-hmm. living life in these bodies, yes, right? That he As made. spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these bodies that God made. And understanding that there really isn't like this, what did you call it earlier? The separation mm-hmm. that we sometimes think there is. And there's so yes. much freedom in realizing that there isn't, I think, mm-hmm. and realizing mm-hmm. that they're all together. But speaking yeah. of the Lord's Prayer, in this second section, I want to tell you guys a little bit of kind of what's going to happen now. So you've, you've been with us up through weeks one and two, and now here in the middle of week three, we're sort of shifting our reading to look at how that God himself has already come to make things right, that when Jesus was born and came to earth, the fullness of God come to earth, that he brought He brought the kingdom with him, and he brought the rule of heaven with him. And so there is still, we're still very much in this already and not yet, because there is a time when he will come back and he will reign, and then we've got new heavens, new earth, we're like all systems go, That's right? Awesome. Like it's coming. Yeah. But when he came, and you know, we just Christmas was not that long ago, and we talked about the nativity and Jesus' birth. And we'll read that again in this plan. We're gonna read actually on Thursday of this week, we're gonna read the nativity story again. So we're going to look at how Jesus he taught and showed in his life and ministry on earth what the kingdom of heaven on earth looks like. And it didn't look the way people thought it should. You know, he was doing a lot of correcting 
the religious leaders of the day and all of that. And so we're going to look at that. And then as we move forward toward the end of the plan, we'll start to see some practical ways that that changes our life on earth. I mean, we're already talking about some of that now. So a lot of these concepts overlap, but we're still going to walk through them in that way. So we will read the Lord's Prayer this week, but we will also read another one of my very favorite passages of Scripture. And Sissy, because you're here, and I know you will say yes if I ask you to, because you're so dear, we're going to read Colossians 1. And I would love for us to read that now. We're going to read Colossians 1, which that the fullness of God dwelled in Jesus, mm. and then Jesus came to earth. I mean, it is it is one of those like fireworks passages for mm. me, and also very tender. Yes. <laughs> Will you read it for us? It's Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Sure. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Amen. It's beautiful. It is. And there's mm. so much hope in there. Yes. So many words that I want to hear, mm. you know, like yes. fullness yes. and so reconcile. And, yes. 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 Reconciling things on earth, mm. reconciling things in heaven, making mm. peace. Mm. Like, don't we want peace, like, in all the ways and on all the levels? Mm. And then, you know, recognizing, so that is Jesus and Him coming to earth as Emmanuel, God with us, that it really is the ushering of the kingdom of God Mm. on earth. And so, and we'll get into this more as we keep going through the study, but that is, we participate in that. As followers of Jesus, we get to participate in the spreading of the kingdom of heaven on earth. You know, we talked a little bit about this with Kelly last week, that because we're talking about Jesus here, it's not in like the ruling and reigning and the power way that we think of now Mm. when, you know, like in our current contemporary context, but that the kingdom of heaven Jesus shows us what that looks like, and it looks like, you know, serving. It looks like humility. humility. Mm. It looks like making peace. It looks Mm. like loving others as Mm. we love ourselves. And, yeah, it's humbling and and beautiful Mm. and really beautiful. There's a beautiful passage in Luke that we read on Friday. So Friday, we'll talk about the meeting of heaven and earth in Jesus, and that he taught what it means to experience, this is from the book, to experience the regenerative work of the kingdom of God here and now. Mm -hmm. And so this is why, you know, we see Jesus healing And we see him ascribing dignity to the people around him who had no dignity, the marginalized. And in Luke 4, we read, 
on Friday, we read verses, we'll read a little bit more than this, but I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm -hmm. And so he's reading from Isaiah. Jesus is reading from the prophet Isaiah, and the text actually says he took a scroll and opened it. You know, I love that imagery. Mm -hmm. And he's the living word is reading from the written word. But this that he's talking about, what the kingdom of God looks like, preaching good news to the poor, setting free the captives, setting free the oppressed, that is the hope that we have, right? And that we carry around and that is the anchor for our souls. And this, how we're learning to return to the anchor, let it affect our daily, you know, hourly, minutely yes. <laughs> life. Mm. Of like connecting those dots between our hearts and our brains. Mm. Of like, this is something I know, and this is how it applies. Yes. And it's hearts and our brains and our hope. Yeah. All of it connected. All the H's. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I love that. I love that. Mm. Sissy, how are you seeing? Because you are, before we leave today, I just want to be able to hear from you. I feel like we need good news when we can Mm -hmm. get it, right? Good news from each other about how God is working. And you are in a position as a believer and a sister in the Lord. You are in a position to bear witness firsthand to a lot of hurt, Mm -hmm. a lot of unseen hurt. You know, I mean, I feel like we can flip on the news and see... Or like read a paper, if we still do that, and see, you know, the hurt that's visible in our communities and around the world. And there's the unseen hurt that you bear witness to and the people that you work with bear witness to in the work that you do. And you alluded to it earlier that you do witness God intervening mm. and healing. And I just would love to hear... From you, from like boots on the ground, like, do you see the Spirit moving (laughs) in these stories and in these, you know, you've got parents and kids who come to you often in a very desperate place. Yes. And I just think that we sometimes need to hear that God's there too, that He's in these dark places, not just in our own dark places. But there's so much, it can feel overwhelming to be Mm. even just aware to any extent of the darkness that is in the world and the ways that we're pushing back the darkness. But like how, like how are you seeing hope transforming littles Mm. and grownups? And like, is that a thing that's happening? Mm. It definitely is a thing that's happening. (laughs) And, you know, just have been thinking a lot about how nothing is wasted. And I think the work of counseling is so slow. It really is. It's really slow. Even in my own experience, I'm seeing that. Yes. It's not as fast as I want it to be. No. And one of my favorite little essays is by a man I could spell his name better than I could say it, but <laughs> but the first line of it is, above all, trust in the slow work of God. Mm. And I like that. And I think I just, 
I feel like I watch such slow movement. And so I'm celebrating this year 30 years at Daystar. <gasps> wow. Isn't that crazy? And David Thomas is 27 years. And so wow, wow, wow. Last night we had, we thought it was a board meeting, but the board was <gasps> so sweet and celebrated us. Oh, that's at this so little dinner. Sweet. I know. And so it's funny because we got to tell the story of each of us coming on board to do this work. And and literally when I started counseling was right when my parents were divorcing. So I was 22 and moved to Nashville to go to grad school. And so you were an adult. Yes, I was an adult. And this was happening. My sister was six, just the two of us. Oh, wow. And, you know, I think even to what we're talking about, I feel like I wouldn't have had nearly the capacity to step in and care for others had I not gone through that. Mm -hmm. Not because I hadn't experienced pain. I had. But I had never looked at my longings. Yeah. And tried to even figure out, so where do God's promises meet those longings? And I think it it deepened my capacity to love others yes. in this beautiful way. And, and I think deepened my faith in such a profound way. And yes. knowing that's true and knowing that I can look back at so many different things in my life and say, well, I certainly didn't see it then. And I didn't even see it for 15 years. Yeah. But now I can see how God was making all things new. And He was using that. Mm-hmm. And I can think of one teenage girl who's in my little adolescent group. I, they're not little, but this <laughs> this high school group I lead every week, and she's at Daystar because she was experiencing really significant anxiety. And to sit in a group of teenagers who are largely developmentally self-absorbed. Yeah. Because they just are. They're it's trying to figure themselves phase. out. Yes. yes, it's a legit phase. <laughs> and to watch another girl last night, I mean, they just— went through and shared with each other what's helping them the most in terms of coping strategies, which yes. is so practical. And so helpful. And so helpful. But for her to see somebody else has been through exactly what I've been through. Yes, because they don't believe that. They, you know, and I can feel this way too. You think like no one has really suffered like this. And there is an individuality to our stories and our sure, suffering. Sure. But also we're not alone. I think that's a tool of the enemy to mm, tell us that we're alone us. and to make us yes. feel isolated. Yes. And both girls, to have one who hears, I've been through this too, and to have yes. another one who can say, Hey, I've been through it and let me help you. Oh, that is I think in a this gift. Yes. In this world of isolation, in this world that is only creating more self-absorption in some ways through technology. Yeah. I mean, the things that we could say feel like darkness right now. Yes. That is a tiny pinpoint of regenerative light to me. Oh, I like that. You no, know, because any it of is. it, we're saying we're going to go towards our longing. We're going to talk about what those are, how those impact us, and all the different ways you mentioned. And it's not the longings that define us. It's That's the right. hope that we find. Yeah. And yeah. that comes through the relationships God gives us and through His Word and all the, yes. through these beautiful studies that we do with you, so many different places, but it's that hope that defines us. And and so, yes, I am seeing evidence of that in small yes. ways, daily, small, slow ways. And here's the thing. In those situations, the small things are so big. Yes. You know, like if you look at it, the scope of it, it is a pinpoint, but in the moment, like those girls— that meant everything in the moment yes. for them. And we've all, I think, probably experienced versions of that where 
you know, an interaction that maybe we won't even remember 10 years from now can just mean everything, and the Lord can really meet us in that. That encourages me so much, and I think the word that nothing is wasted in the way that you're describing this, the thing that I love, Sissy, is that you can say that and give evidence for that, and we see evidence of that in Scripture. I mean, that's kind of what this is all about, right? Right without saying that those hard things aren't hard. Yes. Like they're there. They're there. And they're hard and the darkness did get dark. And it's a both. Mm. It's a both. And it's so powerful. You know, we like to say he's making all things new, not all new things. So mm. like and there is something powerful about the taking what is broken and making it whole. Mm. And sure, I wish it hadn't been broken to begin with, (laughs) meaning I wish, you know, Genesis 3 had a different story, (laughs) that it all all started there, right? But I don't know, because the beauty is so much more beautiful. Mm. It's easier to talk about in concepts, I think, Mm -hmm. than thinking about like, yeah, it's complicated and our words fail sometimes. Our words fail a lot. But yes. a lot is accurate. But I love that. He doesn't waste a thing, and he is actively making all things new. Mm, and we get to bear witness. We do. And you do. have done that so beautifully, and you continue mm. to do that 30 years. I just want to like, you probably had a cake. I'd like to bake <laughs> you another one. That just feels Maybe so beautiful. So you guys, please keep reading. I know there's a lot here. Mm. And here's what I want to tell you by way of freeing you to just open your Bibles, to encounter God's Word, to meet with Him there. This reading plan was created super intentionally, and this experience was designed really intentionally by our team for you. And also, God is going to, by just His kindness and the work of the Spirit, and the power of Scripture, He is going to make this what you need. Like, He is going to meet with you. And so even if there are things that you're like, man, that is a big concept, just keep reading. And like we talked about with Kelly last week, that the Lord works. He is actively working in our hearts and minds all the time, even when we're not quite understanding all the things, (laughs) which is all the time. Yes. So keep reading. Come back next week. And until next week, Sissy, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.